Welcome to DC TV Classics, your home for the history of DC on TV. I am your host, Keith Chow. I'm rolling solo today. My, my crewmates uh, aren't joining me, but I did reel in a really cool special guest for our episode this week. Since it is officially the 80th anniversary of the Man of Steel himself, Superman, I brought on another Superman superfan. Uh, she's fresh off having interviewed several Superman and Superman writers at Awesome Con. Please welcome to the show, comic mix writer, Emily Witten. Thank you, Keith. I appreciate that. I like how you call me cool. So, you know, <laughs> I, I think we should roll with that for sure. There we go. Um, yeah, thank you for having me on the show. It's really nice to be here. So you and I met at the DC in DC event uh, back mm-hmm. in January. That that was an awesome thing. I hope they do, like, every year, by the way. Oh, yeah. That was really well set up and very uh, professional, well-organized. And, um, like, the vibe around it was definitely different from if you were doing, for instance, roundtables or interviews at a Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. And um, I liked how they so much of it was accessible to the public for free as well. Yeah. So for those of you who don't, who may not know, back in January at the museum, which is a journalism museum in Washington, Warner Brothers Television and DC Comics held this joint event where they brought a bunch of their stars from the CW shows, a bunch of the writers and artists from the comics, to have basically a full day worth of panels and signings. I think they even had some costumes on display, mm-hmm. uh, a little pop-up shop. It was a really cool... And we don't usually get a lot of stuff like this in uh, on this yeah. side of the country, so... I mean, other than Awesome Con, so like back in the day, there was a DC Collectibles Con that I never personally experienced. And then the next one to come around was Awesome Con in 2013, and it's been building every year. But other than that, we haven't gotten really anything like this. And for DC Comics and Entertainment to come out and do it in DC, specifically on Martin Luther King Day weekend and Mm -hmm. focusing on diversity and their new properties that highlight that. It was a really cool event, and they even had, like, DC Jitters, the, the coffee shop yeah, was from, true. you know, the shows and everything. So they did, they themed it, they had fancy events, there was a party at the, um, or the Museum of African American History, um, and everything was really very well put together. Yeah, and it was around the uh, world premiere of Black Lightning, and that's kind of the the culminating event for that whole day, and it was it was a really cool thing, and, and I'm glad we met, and one of the cool things that we did in that press room was talk to Brandon Routh. Yes. Who, who famously played Superman in Superman Returns back in 2006. You have now interviewed two Superman in a matter of months. <laughs> <laughs> I have, and I did meet Dean Cain once, so I didn't get to interview him, but I got to meet him. There you go. Yeah, um, I, I talked to um, George Newbern uh, a couple of awesome cons ago. I moderated a panel for him, and it was his. This is this is great. I don't know how this happens. Maybe they do it to me on purpose. Maybe it's just because they think you know I can handle it. But it was George Newbern's first convention ever (laughs) at Awesome Con, and he is the voice of Superman on Justice League. After as as we were talking about before, Tim Daly, um, and he had no idea what to expect. So it was a really interesting panel because he's also known for on-camera things like Scandal. Um, But we had a really fun time. And then at AwesomeCon this year, I moderated the Smallville panel, which was Tom Welling, who was Clark on Smallville, and Michael Rosenbaum, who was Lex on Smallville. And those two, they're just a riot. Um, Of course, on top of that, I kind of last minute moderated. Um, someone someone had a, a family emergency, so I ended up moderating the 80th anniversary of Superman panel in the main ballroom uh, with an hour and a half notice. Um, <laughs> that 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 included that included having to like you know shower. Um, <laughs> and uh, and that was Michael and Tom, but also Dan Jurgens and Scott Snyder, two comics writers yeah. who've worked on and are working on Superman. Um, and I had also gotten to moderate Dan at a panel in Kansas City at the Planet City Comic Con regarding what it's like to work on iconic legacy characters. So, yeah, it's been a pleasure. I've gotten to talk to all these amazing, talented people who are in the Superman universe, and that's fantastic. Well, and that's one of the things I want to ask you. Since we are here in the 80th anniversary of Superman, I mean, May two, May 1938 is when the character first debuted in Action Comics uh, 80 years ago. When did you first become a fan of Superman? What was what was the thing that made you go, yep, I'm going to follow this guy? Oh, I, I love talking about this. I'm glad you asked. So, 
I uh, I have to step back for a minute and say the reason I got into comics was because of Superman. Mm-hmm. Eventually, also the X-Men animated series and the Batman animated series and a few Archie comics and Richie Rich comics that my sister had lying around. Sure. Uh, my sister's almost 12 years older than me, so she had some of the earlier stuff, like the, the Archie Digest and stuff like that. But uh, my dad was watching the Christopher Reeve Superman movie on TV when I was quite small. I don't remember exactly how old. That's how small I was. And, you know, I sat down and watched it with him, and he liked it, and I liked it, and we got to enjoy it together. And Dad doesn't always understand my passion for comics, and so I like to be like, you, it's all your fault anyway. You got me into it. Um, But that was the first exposure I had to superheroes, Around the same time, we were listening to the Green Hornet uh, radio show and watching uh, The Lone Ranger. So those were like my first comics experiences were all not reading, which I read a lot, but on the screen. (laughs) Um, And Superman was, you know, just Christopher Reeve was so good, especially, I mean, the limit, not limited, but the more limited uh, special effects that they had at the time they made that movie. It was still just great to watch. And I, what I loved about Christopher Reeve as Superman is that he did such a good job playing the everyday guy who knew that he had to keep up his cover, but then also the superhero. But what, what I really loved was how Lois kept being like, oh, yeah, yeah, hi, Clark. And then she'd be <laughs> like all over Superman. And it was that it's that dichotomy that is part of what makes him who he is because he could have said, Hey, guess what? By the way, here I am. I mean, eventually he did, but you know, it like took a while, but it's like, you know, he could have, he could have just used his abilities to become a God on earth as sometimes people talk about, you know, and, or there are alternate storylines, but instead he, he knew that it was more important to, to have a normal life alongside his bigger life. And I, I have some thoughts on, uh, the Lois and Clark and Man of Steel and all of that. So I don't know when we want to get into. Oh that. yeah, we'll, we'll we'll definitely touch on all of that. I mean, just thinking about Christopher Reeve for a second. I think one of the, I think one of the most tremendous acting moments I think in cinema history, and maybe I'm being hyperbolic, but I don't think so, is the scene <laughs> right after uh, you know he takes Lois flying and everything, and and he arrives at her apartment as Clark, and oh yeah, and you know she's that. he's like. Lois, and then she's she goes off to like I guess put put something on since she was like in a negligee when they were flying around, and um of course and he, of course <laughs> and he takes glasses you know while she's in the other room she take, he takes the glasses off and he straightens his spine and everything and and it's such a subtle thing, but you see Superman come out, but then he realizes yeah. no I won't reveal myself and he and he shrinks back a little bit and that's the moment where you go I buy it I buy that Clark Kent and Superman are two different people. I, I buy that no one recognizes Clark with his glasses on. Like, yeah. And it's all and because of his performance. Pull off. I mean, yeah. that's, that's kind of unbelievable, but he, you know, like he trips over something. He has a different style of speech. He's got the whole aspect of, I am a completely different person. And you know what nobody ever talks about is that Clark Kent is actually a really good actor. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, the, I, so I'm, not to go off topic, but I'm really into voice actors, and what I love is they can do so many different voices, and you watch two cartoons, and you're like, wait, that's the same person? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to be a really good actor to do that, to trick people into thinking you're two different people, and nobody ever actually, like, when he was in Smallville, did he ever take to the stage? I mean, have, <laughs> have we ever explored this? Maybe we should. <laughs> you know, and this is something we've actually talked about on this podcast in the past, and I'm curious what your, what your take on this, since you you know, you you did moderate the Smallville panel. You're a big fan of Lois and Clark, and I think both of those interpretations of Superman lean into the fact that Clark Kent is who he is. Um, mm-hmm. Superman is what he does. But there are people who think the other way, right? Like I, I rem- I'm reminded of the monologue in Kill Bill that David Carradine gives, where he says, uh, where Quentin Tarantino says through David Carradine, basically Clark Kent is. Superman's uh, interpretation of humans and how he looks down on us, and that's why you know he sees humanity as weak, and that's the, like an act that he puts on. Whereas I think the Smallville version of Clark, the Lois and Clark version of Clark, shows that who he is as Clark Kent is who Mom and Pa raised, and mm-hmm. Superman is kind of what he does. What, what, what is your opinion on like that? And like, what do you think in your in your head canon in your mind is the 
<laughs> proper interpretation of, of Superman, the Superman Clark Kent di- dichotomy. Well, I think it's interesting because I think you're definitely right. In Lois and Clark, in Smallville, in the Christopher Reeve Superman, I think Clark is who he is. I think in the um, uh, screen versions of Superman, the first time we really get away with that is Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. And I have a huge pile of issues about that movie, so if you <laughs> want to talk about that, that's I can. Um, but to, to sum it up, uh, he is the god first in Man of Steel, right. and there's a lot of missteps in that movie, including Lois knowing who he is almost from the beginning, so he has no impetus to try to be a good person. Um, mm. Because, I, the, okay, so the way I see it, and, and I will say in the comics, I think there's been a lot more back and forth where they've written him both ways. Yeah. But in the, in the on-screen, I feel like Christopher Reeve... The Smallville Superman, and a lot of that is actually to do with the portrayal of Clark's parents and right. how they raise him early on, or even how they have raised him. Because I, I unabashedly love Martha and Jonathan Kent in both versions of in Smallville and Lois and Clark, yeah. and yeah. I think they are, in a large part, the other heart of the story for sure. Um, and I, I think that. The way, like, let's look at Lois and Clark first. Uh, Martha, like, she's, you know, she's, in both versions, she's kind of a spitfire yeah. a little bit. She's like, totally she's, spunky you know, in Lois and Clark. Yeah, she's spunky, and she's and she's got the abilities to go and do pretty much anything, but she's decided to have this farm life because that's the life she wanted to build with a family and everything. And so it's an interesting uh, commentary on, you know, on womanhood in a way mm-hmm. and our choices in, in this world. Um but Martha in the Lois and Clark, like, they show that she is really into, you know, like, art. And then at some point, there's this episode where uh, Clark has to convince people that he's not Superman. And she has this, like, holographic art project she's been working <laughs> on that helps him prove what's going on. And, you know, even in the very first episodes... Um, He's talking to his dad, and he, like, kicks a little rock into space or whatever, and he's like, I just want to have a normal life, and his dad's like, well, I think you'll find it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, he supports him, you know. And then in Smallville, I mean, I think they both have a big impact. I think Jonathan can, um, in that episode, in that series, and, oh, man, he's great acting. Um, but he really, you know, he's very salt of the earth and very mid- Midwestern America and very moral and... Like, even in the very beginning, Lex tries to give him a car for saving... <laughs> like, Lex tries to give Clark a car for saving his life, and Jonathan's like, uh-uh. Right, right. You're not, allowed, you're not allowed to have this. And Clark's like, I don't understand. I saved his life. And Jonathan's, you know, larger point is that's not, that's not the point. You know, you can do anything, but that doesn't mean you're entitled to being showered with gifts because of it. And that, you know, it's just the very beginning almost of the entire series until unfortunately Jonathan dies of a spoiler alert. Being... By the way. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I mean, Smallville's been out for how many years now? Well, you know, that's it one of the things. Seasons. Yeah, that's true. That's one of the things I loved about Lois and Clark. And, and I loved about Smallville for at least, you know, four or five seasons was that yeah. they kept the, the parents alive. And I always loved the fact that compared to other superheroes, Superman, wasn't technically, I mean, he technically was an orphan. He lost his planet, but like, you know, in the Justice League cartoon, he would go home for Christmas and, and, oh, yeah. you know, visit his parents and like try to, try to look at the presents and they, he couldn't see because his mom wrapped it in lead. <laughs> you know, like that's what, that's what I always loved about Superman is that he actually had a foundation that he could revisit whenever he wanted. And I actually hoped that they didn't kill off Jonathan in, in Smallville because I wanted him to have that core that he could always return Ah, to. I know. I mean, and, you know, they kept him around for a good time. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, like, I will say to, to go through the progression, and I'm going to confess right now, I'm sorry, Brandon Routh, Bruce, <laughs> um, I, I never saw Superman Returns, and I'll tell you why, and I'm probably wrong, but someone told me that Superman leaves Earth and he leaves his kid behind, and I was like, that's not my Superman. Yeah. And I think it was more nuanced than that in the end. But not really. That really <laughs> okay, then I then I don't really feel so bad. Yeah. I'm sure he did a great job as Superman, but my Superman does not leave his kid behind ever. Yeah, like, so that's, 
my thing with my thing with Superman <laughs> Returns was that came out in the middle of Smallville, and I was such a dedicated Smallville fan that I was like, nope. Um, uh-huh. You know, like if we if we need a modern take on Superman, it's on TV every every week on the CW. Yeah, you and know? it's fun, and it's got weird, like you know the the green, you know they're not even kryptonite yet, but like the rock, the green <laughs> the rock powers rocks. and everything, <laughs> the meteor rocks, you know. Um, but but, but that's go- the thing about but that's the thing about Smallville is that. And, you know, I've talked about this, too, and even mentioned this to Al. Is like, I wish my, – my wish for that show was that they would have ended after five seasons and then launched <laughs> a series of films, um, which yeah, I think was I mean, probably the plan, to. you know? I think that <laughs> yeah. was the plan. The, what's the community line? Six seasons in a movie? Like, I think that's where <laughs> they were headed. But, you know, Superman Returns came out and then all the other – you know, CW wouldn't let them stop making the show. It was like, you're going to keep going. I know. Kind of, like, Supernatural is still going on, and uh, it'll never end. I mean, I, now, Supernatural is, is is great, and the thing about, I, both Smallville and Supernatural were supposed to end after five to six seasons, depending, and um, after they were supposed to end and they didn't, they both stuttered. But yeah. they, they both climbed back on their feet. Supernatural, to great effect, I haven't, seen every single one of the new episodes yet but my understanding is it like you know got out of the valley like i I know it got out of the valley but then it kept being out of the valley right actually will defend the last few seasons of smallville because solely because of lois and clark i feel like yes erica durance's lois um isn't first of all an underrated lois people sleep on on erica and erica's chemistry with tom that was another reason I'm so disappointed that they never made movies because I wanted to see them play out the real Superman Lois Lane dynamic. Uh, yeah, that we kind of got well, hints, but you know, we never we never got. And one of the news you broke at your panel is that both Tom and Michael are totally down to come back in animated form. Oh yeah, they would be super excited about that, which was very cool. And what I'll say about Erica Durance, and I, so I agree with you, and and what I would say about the later seasons is like. There's definitely how how much am I allowed to spoil? You said spoiler alert, but <laughs> that was a joke. Out, you know? <laughs> that was a joke. I know, I know. <laughs> um, when she pulls the blue kryptonite dagger out of him, when she mm-hmm. knows that he's Superman, when she sees him heal, that's a moment that was really epic, and you wouldn't have gotten that if they had ended earlier on. Right. So, like, there are definitely a number of really good scenes with those two later on, and I think one reason she gets a bad rap. And I, I mean this in the nicest way possible. She's kind of awkward in the first few episodes, kind of stilted, like her delivery. And I think, I don't know if it's because she's Canadian, I think, if I remember correctly, or <laughs> yeah. something. No, she is. But something about, yeah, something about her delivery was a little stilted. But once she got into the role, yeah. by the time, like, they hit the graduation episode and they were like, you know, she was fixing his tie or whatever, I was like, yeah, this is, like, but I think it was about... A few episodes in when they had that kind of Smallville football pep rally Where she, she dunks thing. him in the water. Yes. Yeah. That's the moment I was like, this is going to work. Oh, this totally. is working. This is going to work. I'm all in for this particular version. We, we and... did an episode of this podcast uh, last year around, about like favorite ships. <laughs> and, uh-huh. and that was the episode that I talked about because that was yeah, where totally. that's where oh. you saw it. And you saw their chemistry. And I, you're right, I think, in the very first few seasons – uh, in the very few set first episodes, that she was awkward. I think part of that too was introducing this new element because by mm-hmm. season four, Smallville had a very you know it was there was a rhythm to the show and and the characters were very well placed and and Lois was this unknown thing. You didn't know what was what you were going to get with Lois coming into yeah. the show in that season. I and think she, it did. I mean she found her footing quickly, totally, but I, yeah. it was it was different. Like Lana was always supposed to kind of be like sweet but tempting sort of thing mm-hmm. and. Lois has to carry a lot. She has to be strong in her own right. And, I mean, you know, not that um, Lana had her strengths, but also her flaws and her weaknesses, which is why she's not, you know, the woman in the end for Superman. But Lois had to carry a lot. She had to be very moral, but she also had to be strong, but she also had to be friendly, but she also had to believably be, like, you know, kind of dichotomy between the Clark and the Superman stuff. I mean, she had a lot to, to put into that. And, uh, and and I, I do want to talk about the, the Tom and Michael panel, but to go briefly over to Man of Steel, I never really bought those two. And I, I mean, look, okay, to, to circle <laughs> all the way back and close the loop, his dad telling him to not help people right. was, that was the end of his dad for me. Yeah. Him, spoiler alert, him breaking Zod's neck, that was the end of him for me. The fact that Lois knew about him beforehand, that means he never had to strive to be a good person. And what I was saying at the beginning of this was for his parents growing up, that's who he was striving to 
live up to. Then once he moved away from Smallville, who was his main influence? Well, you're new, you're in a big city, you're in Metropolis, you, you know, you want to do the job, but, but who are you trying to impress as a person, mm. not as a superhero? Lois. Maybe right. Perry White a little bit, maybe. <laughs> but Lois. And if Lois knows who you are almost from the beginning and knows that you can, like, you know, crush coal into diamonds and fly up into space and whatever else, you, you know, things she's seen at that point, then... You, you got nothing to improve on. I loved in Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, that Lois Lane was always like, oh, Clark, all right, here we go again. Let's go, let's go report <laughs> on this. And especially in the beginning, she's like, you need to learn how to report her, like as if it was a verb. <laughs> and, in, and in Smallville, they did the same thing. They're like, Lois came up from the basement. She didn't have the, you know unlike in Lois and Clark, I think Lois Lois was more college-educated in that one than the <laughs> Lois that we get in Smallville. Right. Where but, there, she um, just turned the journalism switch on in Smallville. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I'm going to write about aliens and then discover I can write about real things and it will also be read and I can actually be good at it and I'll, I'll learn how to spell. But, um, but, you know, she comes up from the basement all the way to being a star reporter and then Clark comes in and she's like, let me tell you what the thing is. Yeah. And then, like... The point when they have the rules that he frames and then she finds <laughs> out about it because of the body switch, that's another moment that's a very good classic Lois and Clark kind of thing. And, you know, Man of Steel just had none of that. Well, oh, and that's, that never, goes back to, like, you. right. Sorry. I mean, I feel like, no, it's it's totally fine. And I love Henry Cavill, and I think they redeemed him a little bit in Justice League, but, oh, Man well, of Steel. I think, you oh. know, I mean, not to, not to spend too much time on the DCEU, but I do think... I do, I do feel bad for Henry Cavill because I feel like there is a potential for him to be a great Superman. Yes. And and they gave him a great script. <laughs> so and you know I feel like the the DC movie universe and this is a little off topic but I feel like they they're making like the right they're going in the right direction. I mean the things I'm seeing at Shaz- from Shazam is mm-hmm. is at least it seems like okay they they really understand this character just from like set leaks and and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, I don't know. I don't know a lot, but I do feel like they're not. It doesn't feel like it's a CG, you know, fest where it's all like raining every day. You know, like there's actually yeah, no, colors. Totally. And, and I, I will, I will get back on topic after three points. <laughs> One, Zack Snyder is the Eeyore of comic book movie yeah. making. Yeah. There are rain clowns in his head, so that's bad. <laughs> Two, Man of Steel could have been good. Henry Cavill is great. I think he could have done well. And I think that they're course correcting in these movies, but it's just slow. Mm-hmm. And three, Shazam looks fun from what I've seen so far. And Zachary Levi is awesome. Yeah. So I'm very excited about that. But now we could go back to Smallville. <laughs> <laughs> well, one last Shazam thing. And if the rumors are true that Henry's in it as Superman, which mm-hmm. are which is still a rumor. I don't know if it's ever been confirmed, but like Henry and Zachary sure. are kind of like hinting at it on on Instagram and things like that with their mustaches <laughs> like I could see like that could be an opportunity to really lean into like you know the happy bright optimistic Superman that that we saw flashes of in um Justice League in an otherwise yeah. terrible movie <laughs> yeah I, I would love a Superman that actually stood for hope right so you know? we'll see I mean that's that and I think that's the unifying factor for these other versions of Superman that I wanted to talk about, you know, I think the mm-hmm. Dean Cain version, the Christopher Reeve version, the Tom Welling version, definitely, and the animated version do have that in common. And I would say yeah. even Tyler Hecklin on Supergirl in the in the few episodes he's been in has really kind of embodied that hopeful, optimistic take on the character. I think where it does fail is the Henry Cavill and the Brandon Routh, where they try to make Superman a more you know, quote unquote, realistic character by making him more dour and and gritty. The thing about Superman Returns, just to since you hadn't seen it, I will spoil it for you. Um, oh, don't worry about. It. Yeah, feel free. <laughs> the, he, not only does he abandon his son, like he didn't even know he had a son because this is a quasi sequel to Superman Two. And mm. um, if you recall, at the end of Superman Two, Christopher Reeve's Superman kisses Lois and she forgets that he's Superman. But they had right. slept together, so he basically mm-hmm. like roofies Lois. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and that this... is part I don't really, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't approve of in the in the original. But the Richard Donner cut, though, I think they they changed that. So yeah, well, and it's interesting because there was a point in um, 
Fallville, where I seriously thought they were going to revisit that as as an excuse. Like I forget, oh, I forget which which episode it was, but I was like, he's going to kiss her, and that's going to be the end of it. Like <laughs> it's going to like I I thought they were going to take that from the old movies and no, unfortunately they of... used they used Tess and did that with Lex. That that was <laughs> yeah yeah. Well, and and let's talk Smallville again because I, so we you know we've talked about the Christopher Reeve version a bit and um to go. Uh, unless you want to do Dean Kane if we're doing them in order. So, because um, Dean Kane is excellent. And he had a real, I mean, they've all had a charisma, but mm-hmm. he had a real appeal as a warm, a warm Superman and a, a one who just always was, you know, intensely about doing the right thing. And it was like, you could tell it was part of him, not just he's striving to be the Superman he could be for his parents and yeah. Lois and whoever, like you could tell it, it had gotten into him either because of who he was and or his parents raising him. But like, Oh man, there's, there's just episodes of that where I, I distinctly remember when Lex is going to marry Lois <laughs> and he traps Superman in the kryptonite cage. You remember that? Yeah. 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 And that's we actually just, talked about, I that mean, was another episode we talked about. It's a great episode. And like, I mean, Look, some of the stuff at this point in time is a little cornier because of the effects and sure. stuff like that. I get that. But even even with that, just the interplay of that Lex with that Superman slash Clark and the like he lays the cummerbund on him and is like, <laughs> which one should I wear? And I mean, like, you know, in the face of that awful personality, He's just like, no, but I have to get out of here and make things right. right and it's right. not about I need revenge and it's not, you know. And Right, because that's the thing about that's never Superman's motivating factor has never been revenge, right? Like mm-hmm. that's that's where he goes out of character when you see Superman. Like seeing Superman angry is supposed to shock you. It's not something that, you know, yeah. is supposed to be normal for that character. That's why at at the end of of the first movie where after Lois dies in the in the earthquake and you see the pain in Superman before he turns back time. Like, that face that Christopher Reeve makes when he takes off before, you know, to spin the earth around, that's that's supposed to shock you. Um, uh-huh. Because he's not, you know, he's supposed to be smiling. He's supposed to be happy. And that, the aha moment that I'm having listening to you talk about your favorite Supermans, I think, you know, this is, we have to remember, this is not just the 80th anniversary of Superman. It's the 80th anniversary of Lois Lane. And mm-hmm. I think... You know, people also forget the importance of that character into the Superman mythos. And what I'm what I'm realizing in having this conversation is that you can't have a great Superman without a great Lois and the chemistry between the two. And I think Christopher Reeve and Margot Kidder, uh, Dean Cain and Terry Hatcher, George Newbern slash Tim Daly and Dana Delaney, mm-hmm. and uh, Erica Durant and Tom Welling. Like the thing that they all have in common is excellent chemistry together as a couple and that's where henry and amy adams and brandon roth and kate bosworth fail like they're Unfor- unfortunately no, did not come through yeah there's no and i don't know if it's about them or the script writing but. Or, but 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 either way that relationship whether it's like a lack of chemistry between the actors or just the way it's written that relationship is not strong and that's why those versions i think like that's that's the through line if you think about Dean i mean Payne. that's that's the heart of what so the so I've loved Superman forever, as we've said. But when I started talking about Superman, and a, a, especially when Man of Steel came out and so blatantly rubbed it in my face that Lois and Clark were not what they should be, that's when I started actually articulating that to have a good Clark and Superman, you need a good Lois. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, in the adult world, who is he trying to impress as a human being? Who is he trying to live up to as a person? as opposed to the guy who can do anything. And it is Lois. Who do men or women want to live up to? They want to be the best versions of themselves for their significant other and or their friends and family. But, you know, the significant other as an adult, if you have one, is a a strong, sincere and serious, you know, uh, model for what you want to be. And if they see you as not quite as good a reporter as you should be, then you want to be better. If they see you as, you know, maybe you could be a little more punctual, then you want to try (laughs) harder. I mean, that's a big Superman problem. Like when Lois in Smallville, when Lois is waiting in the rain for like an hour with her suitcase and then everything falls out in the street. I'm like, I feel you girl. I feel you. (laughs) Well, that's the other thing I think about about Clark and Lois (laughs) is that 
when they're put on equal footing, right? Because if there's one thing you can say about Terry Hatcher's lowest, Erica Durant's lowest, Margot Kidder's lowest, Dana Delaney's lowest, is that mm-hmm. they don't take no snuff from Clark, right? Like, they are definitely no. on equal footing, if not more, than Clark. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, the Kate Bosworth version of Lois, the, the Amy Adams version of Lois, they're not given the opportunity to showcase just how independent they are as a person. Like, I, for, first of all, I haven't really seen Kate Bosworth in right. a lot, but I really like Amy Adams and what I've seen her in. And I haven't, I liked, Brandon Routh did a good job in Chuck, even though he was, he was not likable. He was supposed to be not likable. And I've seen Henry Cavill in a number of things and I love him. I think he's great. Yeah. And I think he's very talented. I think it was a, mostly a failure of script writing. Yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, chemistry wise, I don't know because you don't see them in anything else together that you could say, oh, that was better. But I think it was a failure in script writing. The choices that were made because it's a misunderstanding of, of the Lois. characters, right? Exactly. It is. It is, and a, it's a misunderstanding, as you said, of the characters plural. It's mm-hmm. both Lois and Clark, and the misunderstanding of the fact that this is kind of at heart, it's a romantic comic as opposed to just a superhero comic. And you know what? I like a good Clark or not Clark Superman fight. You know, I like to see him triumphing or beating the bad guy, but. <laughs> When I really appreciate his nuanced character is when, let's go back to Dean Cain for a minute, he's, like, trying to be Superman staying in Clark's apartment when Lois comes over to cook dinner for (laughs) Superman, who she's so enamored of, and Clark has to be, like, in and out of the shower versus, and I'm quoting, I'm air quoting, can't see me, but, like, (laughs) oh, Superman's in the shower, and then he comes out, and he's like, oh, this looks nice. Yes, I, sounds <laughs> It's good. the whole Mrs. Doubtfire thing. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. And it's, it's fun, and it's sweet, and it shows what he's willing to go through for this person who is a human being like all of us. And it shows that he is willing to be her person as opposed to everyone's god. And yes. and that you know it's that is really what it's about. The the, yeah. the people who forget Superman, the man part of Superman, are the ones who don't who fundamentally misunderstand the character. Again, it goes back to the what we were saying about you know Clark is the person Jonathan and Martha raised. He's mm-hmm. the person who's who's trying to win Lois's heart. He's the he's not this godlike figure who just floats above Earth and and he he doesn't see himself as our savior, right? Like that's the yeah. fundamental difference between the way well, Superman well, is depicted and the the nature of the character. Yeah, and so to go back to the question you asked me like an hour plus ago, uh, <laughs> the Clark the Clark being the real person version is the is the version that I believe in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm terrible at this. Why are you having me on this uh, podcast? It's all good. No, it's because like, I love to talk about be Superman. Enthusiastic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no, that's the answer is is that the you know, they're both really important. I would love to fly and be able to see through walls. And well, I don't know, maybe if I could control it. And again, in Smallville, it's really fun seeing right, you right. have to learn how to control it. But you know, I would love all that stuff. I think it's really cool. I think there's a lot you could do with it. But there are just as many superheroes that are tar- super powered beings that turn out to be super villains as superheroes. Mm. And what makes Superman different is that he has humanity, and he's picked it up, learned it, been trained in it has the seed of it anyway, even though Kryptonians are supposed to not have it. I think sometimes they tell lies about themselves in that way. Um, Or at least nobody can absolutely write them as not human because it's hard to do that and make a character interesting. You know, so even the Kryptonian side of him, I think is, is actually a little human, but yeah, totally. totally. He is. But that goes back to this idea of, uh, you know, I'm talking about like the fundamental misunderstanding when you hear like people like David Goyer or Zack Snyder describe Superman, and, or not even them. I don't want to just keep picking on the Man of Steel folks, but oh, just... we can. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but like, but just anyone who who's, who says you know Superman is the the problem with like you've you've seen these hot takes right on the internet. The problem with Superman uh-huh. is that he's a fundamentally unrelatable character because of all of these powers, or he's a god, he's an alien, blah 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 blah, and yep. it's like. Do you even know this? Like, have you never read a Superman comic? Have you never watched an episode of Lois and Clark or Smallville? Like, the the thing that, like, Al Goff and Miles Millar got when they made Smallville was that we are going to lean... Like, as as much as you may criticize the no flights, no tights, and, and, and Tom not putting the costume on until, like, the last 30 seconds of the series... <laughs> right. Is that... 
because their whole point was to lean into the humanity of of Clark Kent and focus on the family, focus on the friends and, oh, yeah. and the person. And and I think anyone who says you can't make a, a modern Superman story isn't trying hard, honestly. Well, and and on top of that, anyone who says that Superman is not relevant today, I say to them, make him relevant again because mm. we need the big blue boy scout. We right. don't need more depressing stories. We need stories of people we can look up to and people we can aspire to be. And that's one reason he was created after, you know, with World War II and everything like that. That's one reason he was a character at all is because the creators wanted someone that they could show was better than that. And, you know, like, and obviously we have, like, you know, Captain America as well. Uh, you know, I was just going to say, but that's the thing, like, that's... That also saddens me as like a DC fanboy, as someone who who loves Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman. The fact yeah. that like you know that we come into this and and you know we being like certain fans think Superman is corny, Superman is boring, he's too red, white, and blue, blah blah blah. blah. Uh, he's too sincere, he's too earnest. So we gotta darken him, we gotta make him you know a badass. And then you watch the Avengers movies and like. They lean into Steve Rogers' corniness and earnestness. The the line, oh, I love that, and the line where it's like, there's only one God, ma'am, and he doesn't dress like that, like, or whatever it is. I think (laughs) I'm quoting it right. I mean, just, yes, just do that. You know what? He can have his own beliefs. You don't have to agree with exactly what he's saying, but it's okay for him to be that person. And I think that... But And also, look at how much people love Chris Evans, though, right? Like, that's the thing. Oh, yeah. Chris- nobody was nobody was upset at well maybe some people were but i never saw it yeah. people people love chris evans as captain america people are like yeah he's excellent and chris evans loves being that captain yeah. america yeah. and he should that's a great that's a great character and i think that whether it's because of the you know the internet and modern technology or how our lives are today or millennials or whatever you want to blame it on <laughs> people are cynical and they need help and they need people to look up to and well, superheroes are supposed to be those people, point, and you right. know what? I love Iron Man, Tony Stark. He is an interesting and flawed character, but sometimes you want the guy who's, or gal, you know, mm-hmm. who sure. is struggling, but not necessarily flawed. Mm-hmm. So Superman can have difficulties and conflicts, but he's not going to become an alcoholic. Even if he <laughs> you know, like, there's, there's a, a bit of a difference there. Um, and he's not going to go into berserker rage like Wolverine. And and I love the X Men, and I love Iron Man, and I love lots and lots of. I love Deadpool's my favorite after right. Superman. I mean, Would you, I, and I you can't get more different about, from Superman than Deadpool, yeah, right? Like you absolutely can't. But you know what? He's funny. He's funny, and he's wrong, and it's amusing. But he's not Superman. And I was I wouldn't say you know if someone was like, do you want to be someone? Asked, one of my friends was like, why don't you ever cosplay as Deadpool? And I'm like. I don't really want to be a Deadpool. Now I have done I have done different Deadpool stuff since then just for fun. But like I don't want to be Deadpool. Who wants to be Deadpool? He's miserable and he's confused <laughs> and he's weird and he's you know can't remember who he is sometimes and like he's like all that humor is masking good. like deep deep pain right? Like, oh yeah, <laughs> he's deep, like deep pain and like I, it's not to say that Superman can't have pain and struggles, but his moral core is better. I mean, that's, like, that's the point. Like, some of the Deadpool storylines are about him trying to be a better person, and he just can't quite make it, but Superman can. And I'm going to give a shout-out. This is not a classic TV thing, but it's a YouTube series. Did you ever watch the It's Just Some Random Guy stuff? Um, It sounds familiar, but I can't quite place it. I'll briefly say that he does a storyline. It started out as like I'm a Marvel, I'm a DC, like I'm a. a, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They 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 did this like a take on those old um, John commercials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was which was funny in itself, but then yeah, but then he started doing actual storylines where all the superhero uh, superheroes, Marvel and DC, hang out in a bar, like and. And he makes the point, like, you know, the owner started charging $4 for water because no one drinks because they're all superheroes. <laughs> like, But there's a storyline. Sorry, guys. Spoiler. This is years old on YouTube. But go back and it's still relevant to watch. But there's a storyline where uh, Lex kind of tricks Superman into losing hope. Mm-hmm. And then all the other superheroes come and rescue him. And the main point of the whole story is you're the reason we all exist. We need someone to look up to, too. And you are it. 
And that's what I love about Superman. He is the top, yeah. you know? Right. And, and when he, when he dies, quote unquote, for a little while in this, the person he sees is Captain America. That's the only other person on level with him. He's right. in like a frozen, a frozen thing or whatever, a frozen tundra. And he sees Captain America. That's the only other person that, that or superhero that they, that, you know, that they put on level with him. So it's really interesting. No, that's, that's amazing. I mean, I, and again, I think all the love that you see, you know, shined upon Chris Evans as Captain America is, is that's, that's what we need for Superman. And I think that's, um, yeah. hopefully we'll get that. Hopefully they're, you know, they, they, they don't turn their backs on the character. I mean, it feel like in the comics, he's returned to his, you know, classic form, uh, even with the red trunks and everything. And you yeah, know, hopefully, hopefully we get some more of that on the big screen. Um, We'll see, you know, if, and if not, we have, at least we have our DVDs of, uh, Smallville oh, yeah. and Lois. Well, and, and, and do you, do you want to know anything else about the panel now that we're oh, back on Yeah, so the, again, one of the main reasons you're here is because I'm insanely ah. jealous that you were able to share a stage with Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum. Dude, me too. <laughs> I'm jealous of me. No, I mean, like, it was ridiculous. Um, these guys are both very warm and funny and nice people. Obviously I had a limited interaction with them, but I had them on two panels and they're clearly still good friends. Like uh, Michael has a podcast called inside of you. And he had Tom on there for like an hour and a half. It's on YouTube. You can, or, uh, or on inside of you, uh, the, uh, the website, you know, that hosts all the podcasts and you can watch it. And so, you know, years later they are still good friends. And this was Tom Welling's first convention outside of san diego comic-con so i i don't know that he'd ever been on quite this kind of panel before <laughs> i mean he'd been on the big 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 like cast panels i think right, right. I, I i don't and know even then i think that was but... like only for the first season i don't think he did any comic cons yeah I don't, I don't think he'd been on it to a convention in a long time yeah. or a fair amount of time and um I said to him after the panel, I'm like, because I didn't know that beforehand. <laughs> um, I ended up on the 80th anniversary panel last minute, as I said, and uh, and we had a great time, and they came out for the last 15 minutes, and then that made the Smallville panel the next day really fun because they already we already knew each other and we'd already like been on stage together. Um, but after one of the panels, I was like, so this was your first Comic Con? I was your first moderator, and he was like, yeah, but he was having a really good time, and. Um, I, I feel like probably he's, you know, gotten a good taste of, like, how fun Comic-Cons can be. I mean, I don't know what his experience was, but I would imagine everyone was just going up to him in the signing lines going, you're my favorite thing, <laughs> you know, so how, how horrible can that be, right? I mean, Well, you know, and to, to be fair to Tom, I think, and he, I think he talks about this a little bit on, on the Rosenbaum pod, but I think he's mellowed a lot, too, since the years he was on Smallville. I think part of the, when he was, when he was on Smallville, again, he was there for 10 seasons yeah yeah i mean they did mention like being on set for 16 hour days and everything like that and as the star like not to go way off topic but i remember with law and order criminal intent vincent d'onofrio literally had a physical breakdown at one point because he was carrying that show i mean with his co-star but he was carrying that show and so like tom welling lex you know michael rosenbaum is lex had a heavy lift but tom welling had a lot on his metaphorical super shoulders um But I, yeah, I think I think you're right that probably it's easier once it's wrapped, and also that he's that he's uh, you know approaching it in a different way now. But uh, but we had such a great time, and I have to say because if you if you this panel is online, and uh, I know that my uh, one of the other folks I work with, Movers and Shakers Unlimited, they're going to have it online, but I think it's already up there somewhere. <laughs> but there is a point in there. Where I, because I couldn't help it, John Glover has amazing freaking hair, <laughs> and I and I made a joke about like Lex being bald and John having hair, or uh, you know his Lionel having hair, and that being like one of the reasons that Lex turned evil. And Michael Rosenbaum gets up and he's like, "Come here, let's demonstrate a thing." And he's like touching my face on stage. I think <laughs> all the ladies and some of the men hate me right now. Oh, which, which, totally. Okay. Let's but you know, Michael is so funny and he's so expressive. And in the panels that we were on, he got out of his seat at least four times to just like demonstrate like <laughs> being on wires while he was trying to be Zod and all this stuff. He's just a, such a card. Oh, what a creative guy. Yeah. I mean, they both are so funny and warm, but yeah, he's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, Roosevelt's great. And, you know, I actually watched his TV land show just because of him and <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> uh, Impastor. It's not on the air anymore, but uh, 
Yeah, that dude. That dude's great. And and if he's down to be to be Lex Luthor again, even in animated form, I think uh, they need to get on that because we oh, talked yeah, about well, this. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say we we talked about this on the on the last DC TV Classics episode, but mm-hmm. the best thing about doing it in anime, and that's something I've actually been advocating for for a long time, because I knew that Michael would not want to shave his head, Tom would not want to wear the costume, yeah. but. If you do an animated movie or an animated series, you could bring back all the voice cast except maybe Allison Mack, but we won't go there. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. That, we, were, we weren't allowed to go there over the Awesome Con weekend I, either, and, I, and I'm okay I, with that. Yeah. I'm, wow. I'm, 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 that wasn't what the weekend was about. Exactly. So. But, and we won't go there um, now. We, we actually dove into that plenty last week. But um, Okay. Um, yeah. But, but I, I will say they actually, they specifically, like Michael was like, Oh, we have to do this! I wouldn't have to shave my head. Yeah, like, he was so totally. excited, and he's the Flash. He's already done a, right. a fair. He knows like, a good that world. Voice act. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, he's got a good experience with that. And he was like, really like, oh, Tom, you'd really like this and everything. We could wear whatever we want, and that's something I hear from voice actors a lot. And they, <laughs> they, you know, don't get me wrong, they work super hard, and they have they're amazing, amazing, and I love them almost more than any other actors in the world. But you don't have to dress up or shave your head. <laughs> right, which is a thing. I think, you know, part of, and not to put words in Tom's mouth, but I think part of the reason he never wore the costume is I feel like Tom didn't want to wear the costume, honestly. So, like, if we could... <laughs> but he we could... did say he liked his flannel shirts and the jackets and t-shirts <laughs> in the early season. Like, I even wonder if that, if he's even wearing it in that last shot, if the, or if it's just CG'd onto, like, a blue t-shirt he was wearing. But, um... Probably eventually. Like he probably put it on for that. Like, okay, for one day, I will wear the costume. Well, and you, since but... you only see, you only—I mean, it's probably the same blue T-shirt he wore all ten seasons. It's just that you don't get this—you <laughs> don't see the sleeves, right? Like, it could have been anything. But um, like, can you imagine wardrobe probably had like five thousand of those T-shirts, the red ones, the blue ones? Like, just why didn't they ever put him in a yellow shirt? I'm kidding. Yellow is probably not a great color. <laughs> well, for anybody, well, that was the but... that was the high school T-shirt, I think, in the in the early seasons. I think this the crows. PE oh, shirts yeah, were yellow. True, occasionally, yeah, that's that's a good point. That's fair. That's but, fair. Uh, but yellow is not that flattering a color on most people in the yeah. world. Anyway. And there was a period in the first few seasons where he did wear something else. I think like season three or four on, it was just like either the red shirt or the blue shirt. <laughs> yep, with the other color jacket. Yeah, exactly. Was have jack. I love. I do. I know we're probably like way over time because I just love to talk about no, Superman. But I do love the episode where Jimmy. Uh, figures out that someone in Smallville is Superman, and Clark really quickly goes and whips up all his laundry. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of stuff they put in that show that made it super fun is he goes and whips up his laundry and hides it, and like then he like hides a picture where he's wearing that. I mean, that's fun! It's yeah. so much and that's- fun! And you know what? Jimmy was a great character who... Sadly, was you know ended off whatever, yeah. and uh, and and he, oh man, such a great actor. They brought too, him back but, for um, the finale at least. So they did, they did. <laughs> but I mean, but I just I loved him, and I loved the episode where he really is like, I was right, I was right when he takes <laughs> the needle out of out of Clark's the kryptonite needle out of his arm and and throws it away, and Clark's like, okay, Jimmy, I trust you, I got to go now or whatever. Or do you well, trust me? And I again, you. and one of the reasons I love Smallville so much was because he, despite never having the trappings of a Superman story, it still felt like, I mean, they knew the character, right? Like, yeah. In and out. So, and you didn't have to have the costume or the f- powers. It was still the best, some of the best Superman storytelling in the last 80 years. So mm-hmm. props to them for that. I agree. I agree. And I would love to see them do it as an animated thing. Yeah. There's we need comics them back. already. So that's yeah. the next step, right? We need them back. We need them back. We need them in yeah. doing the voices. I, I just want, I need my Erica and Tom version of Clark and Lewis. Oh, that would back be so great. In my life. Oh. I want them to retcon. I want them to retcon Lex's memory loss. I want to bring that back. <laughs> <laughs> All those things. They could totally do that. Everything can happen when you put the meteor rocks into some you know? machine. You know, and- like it's happen yeah and and to be and to to quote my co-host desiree rodriguez justin hartley is the only live action green arrow i acknowledge so uh, oh man i i justin hartley great and i i was actually at c2e2 and i missed seeing him and i feel sad about it but there was a lot of great stuff there but yeah i missed i missed seeing him and i'm like wow i have to do better i have to do better better at conning but you know what i think i did the best at conning when i got to moderate freaking tom welling and michael rosenbaum because and george newbern before that because freaking awesome so yeah so you've met you've met three you've met four superman so like you you're 
Oh, man, I have, yeah. <laughs> you can always forget Brandon. <laughs> Brandon Ruth was great. No, I, I did an interview with him at DC and DC, as you know. Right. So, I mean, he and, was excellent. And, you know, to, and I, I'm not... And what a nice guy, too. He's such a great guy. And I was not, and, you know, I think people who know me know that I was not a fan of Returns, but he's amazing on Legends of Tomorrow. And... Legends of Tomorrow has become. I'm so excited about. No, I'm I'm behind on it. I'm I haven't I haven't really gotten to see it, but I'm so excited about it because my boyfriend watches it and he loves it. It's like the, crazy. It's my favorite. Like, it's my favorite of the DC shows right it now. It seems fun. It's that's so bonkers. That's what's so fun about it. Fun. It's bonkers. Yeah. It's like they don't care about you know <laughs> yeah. about like I have continuity. Got to catch up on that. Oh, <laughs> you need man. to. Uh, I know. And they just had their season Miller finale. And so. Dominic Purcell are in the same show again. I loved Prison Break so yeah. much. Oh. Yeah, it's really good. You need to catch up on that. But anyway, Emily. I will. I will. This has been fun. Um, we need to have you back and, and talk more about some classic DC stuff. But in the meantime, if, if our listeners... We could, we could talk Harley Quinn. Yeah, we will. We bring you back. We'll bring you back for that. Um, in the meantime, can you, if our listeners want to follow you online, how can they, how can they follow you and follow your work? Oh, yes, please do. I am Forest House, like trees in a house, one word, on Twitter, <laughs> The Forest House on Instagram. I write for comicmix.com, so you can go there and look at the columnists in the drop-down list, and you can find me there. Uh, I've just started working with Movers and Shakers Unlimited, and uh, next year I am putting out a graphic novel from Lion Forge Comics uh, about tiny, adorable, intelligent hamsters with my co-writer Ben Fisher uh, and our artist Michelle Wynn. And it's going to be so much fun. So I'm, I, I can't say a lot more about it yet, but it, I'm super excited about all of that. So, uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. And if there's any, I'm going to be relaunching a website soon, but it's not up yet. So that'll awesome. be, I'll put that on Twitter and Instagram. That's amazing. Well, Emily, again, thank you so much for being on the show uh, we will definitely have you back. We'll talk about Harley uh, and and all of the other things we didn't get to touch on today. But uh, we'll definitely have you back. Thank you for having me, Keith. It's been awesome. My thanks to Emily for joining us on DCTV Classics. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe and download to DCTV Classics at dctvpodcast.com and hardknockmedia.com. Subscribe and download on Apple and Stitcher. Follow me on Twitter at the real Chow, the underscore real underscore Chow. My co-host Brittany Monet at Hi Brittany Monet, Nick Lang at Nick Lang Tweets, and Desiree Rodriguez at Boricua Desiree. Follow DC TV Classics on Twitter. And till next time, same pod time, same pod channel.